Would you like to work closer to home, save money on gas, and be rewarded for your hard work and attendance? Then Belicio Foods is looking for you. That's right, Belicio Foods is now hiring for multiple positions and shifts with great employee benefits, an on-site health clinic, competitive wages, and advancement opportunities. Belicio Foods is a company that truly values their employees. Apply online at BelicioFoods.com careers. At Vinton County National Bank, we believe in supporting the areas where we live and work. Now, we'd like to honor those who also serve our communities. Our new Community Champions account is especially for first responders, veterans, active military, and anyone employed in the fields of healthcare or education. This account offers rewards, discounts, and other benefits to those who give so much to others. Vinton County National Bank, rewarding those who serve. Happy Monday, everyone. It's a beautiful day. Pete Wilson is here. All is good with the world. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the show. Right. October, 80s in October. How about that? And it's the 2nd of October. Isn't Can you something? believe that? Okay. There's no frost on the pumpkin yet, is there? No, there's not. Uh, and I, I don't uh, really need that, in it, by the way. <laughs> I know. Like, um, I think it, it was sometime this weekend. I can't remember which day I woke up and it was a little, little tiny frost, like just a little bit. And I was like, oh, God, it's going to get cold soon. And I hate that. Right. But. Yeah. No, I know. Not, not today. Well, well, enjoy October and uh, the end in summer, whatever they call it, while we have it and worry about what's coming later. Later Don't on. borrow trouble. It'll That's get here right. soon enough. Right. It'll, yeah, it's coming whether we like it or not. So right. Right. We, enjoy every day like this. You, you know, when you know that summer is over, the first time you go out and you have to get frost off the windshield. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. It'll, I bet you. I bet you that'll happen before the end of the month. I'd say uh, I. That, I will give you a hundred percent odds on that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've been in the high forties. I may maybe one of these evenings when it got a little cool. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. But anyway, um, so no, uh, Pete Wilson's here. We're gonna do some news this morning. Always look forward to that. Right. And Lots letting of stuff. us know what the heck happened over the weekend. Lots of stuff. You know, we have some weekend stuff. Um, we got to start off with kind of you know Monday sometimes or humdrum or whatever. Well, we've got two very noteworthy events, proceedings going on today. We've talked about them before, but we're going to talk about them again because it's today and they're open to the public. This isn't something that's just going on that you have to read about or hear about later from people who were involved. Uh, These are public events and uh, the people involved very much want the public to attend because it's going to be a benefit to the public uh, in, nice. in different ways. Um, first of all, in a very short time, it's going to be actually 10 a.m. this morning over at the depot in Wellston. Uh, the VA from Chillicothe, the VA folks from Chillicothe, That's and we're right. talking about some of the higher-ups will be there for sure. Yes. Plus Mayor uh, Anthony Brenner of the city of Wellston and other folks in the city of Wellston. They are going to be there to publicly announce uh, the coming of a what they're calling a VA medical mobile unit that will be stationed at the depot uh, once a month uh, on the first Monday of every month. This is such a wonderful thing for our area. Right. And it, it's going to be uh, it's got to be able to do some services yes. that where, you know, you won't have to drive to Chillicothe or some or somewhere farther uh, yes. to get. Now, what they're what they're saying right now, and maybe more information will come out because uh, our Jeremiah Shaver will be there to get all the information. Uh, first of all, you can uh, if you're a veteran, you can enroll for VA services, which is the, always the first step. That is, and sorry, I didn't mean to oh, no, hijack right. your article, but I know that um, when Alan was in here the other day talking, he said that they're they've opened some services up, so more people are eligible now. So even if you've been denied in the past, mm-hmm. perhaps you're more eligible now. So right. it's always, always worth that ask. always need to, to keep checking. And, of course, you know, you can work with the local veteran service office here, Arnold Tripp and Jennifer mm-hmm. uh, Pittman in downtown Jackson. Uh, they are definitely a referral agency for what the VA can do for a veteran. And I'm told you, you'd be surprised how many veterans don't know what they're eligible to get. Correct. And they, they leave it on the table. Got to ask. My gosh, you don't want to do that. 
but uh, some of the other services, uh, pri some primary care services, routine labs, vaccines, mm -hmm. you know, the sort of thing, you know, that you don't want to pass up that's uh, obligatory, uh, required, or highly recommended. But it's going to be there once a month, always on the first Monday of the month at the depot. They call it a, they call it the, the VA medical mobile unit, and they're they're going to actually launch that medical mobile unit at 11 a.m. At 10 a.m., there's going to be you know uh, a uh, grand opening event mm -hmm. to celebrate it. Uh, there will be guest speakers. There'll be refreshments there. As I said. Um, VA speakers uh, will be there to uh, provide information, make statements. I know Wilson Mayor Anthony Brenner is scheduled to be there as well. Um, this came up at the last Wilson City Council meeting. I know Wilson City officials feel it's really a good thing for the public, not only in Wilson, yeah. but the Jackson County public, Vinton County public, who uh, are so close, uh, closer to services, these limited services that are available versus driving to Chillicothe. So that is at 10 o'clock this morning. We'll have coverage uh, from Jeremiah Shaver uh, there, and we hope to have that covered in our Wednesday Love paper. Such more, a good More thing. details. Later on today, I'm going to be heading south to Oak Hill, and they are going to have a dedication ceremony and a ribbon cutting for the new refurbished ball field there at Oak Hill yes. Elementary School. Yes. This all made possible by a $50,000 mm -hmm. grant through Major League Baseball and Scott's Turf. Only three of them were granted in the whole country. And one Isn't of them that went, crazy? That is great, to the Oak Hill Recreation League. Yes. And, of course, Corey Ruby is the president of that league. I think he spearheaded this. Um, he uh, is, of course, happens to be our play-by-play -play broadcaster That's for right. Oak Hill Sports. So I know that he and other people. And resident beekeeper warden right. guy. He, he does that. He, he does that too. He needs something Bus else to do. Busy as a bee. Busy as <laughs> a bee. That's right. Pun but, intended. But uh, pun, pun was intended there. But once again, this is open to the public. Uh, as a matter of fact, they want the kids to come because, you know, they're going to get a chance to um, take part in a clinic. after yes. after the be so cool. After the proceedings. But. Uh, how the schedule goes, uh, it's going to, uh, there's going to be a dedication ceremony at 530, mm -hmm. followed by a ribbon cutting at 545, and that will be at the field there. This was a T-ball field, which has been improved to where it is now a regulation 10U field yes. that I believe can be used for both baseball and softball. And after, uh, you know, the ceremonies and the ribbon is cut, uh, ball players are going to be there, uh, boys and girls, mm -hmm. youth, youth from 6 to 7 p.m. for a clinic that will feature, you know, some professional, former for professional ball players yeah. and people who really know what they're doing. Of course. Uh, and that'll be a thrill for the kids, let alone the instruction that they get. Absolutely. But the celebrity that is going to be there, and this really is a great sports story, Jenny Finch yes. is going to be there. Jenny, there she is so right cool. there. Jenny uh, is probably, uh, arguably... Uh, did some research to make sure I wasn't going out too much out on a limb, but she has proclaimed to be the greatest women's softball player in American history. And that is through the Olympics. Mm -hmm. uh, she led the American team to a gold medal one year, to a silver medal another year. Yep. Uh, she played in, I believe, several Olympics. After that, she played professional softball. I didn't know that there was that, but there uh, is. <laughs> and, she, and she hasn't been retired all that long. I believe she's 43 now, but she is now a obviously a representative. She lives in Arizona. She's obviously a representative for Major League Baseball and Scott's Turf yes. on this uh on this field renovation program. That is yes. a way with the support of Scott's turf that major league baseball kind of pays forward mm -hmm. to the kids who are playing baseball today. Their future players. And softball today for that matter. Yeah. So, right. So all that will be taking place uh, tonight. Uh, we'll be there to cover it and hope to have that coverage, you know, in a, in an upcoming Such a fun uh, newspaper. Event. So all that's today. Once again, uh, Opening ceremonies, dedication, launching of the VA medical unit at 10 a.m. over at uh, Wilson with actual with the actual mobile unit operating starting at 11, and then um, the dedication ceremony and ribbon cutting for the new ball field, the renovated ball field now, much improved ball field uh, down in Oak Hill at the elementary school at 5:30 and 5:45 p.m. followed by the clinic.
All right, I'm going to tell you about another good news story. We didn't happen. This happened in the middle of the week, and we didn't tell you on Friday because there was so much to tell you about. We featured this on our front page Saturday. But we roll the tape back to Wednesday when the Jackson County Commissioners met after their weekly meeting, and they had two representatives come from Easter Seals uh, and the Ohio Imagination Library. The Easter Seals, uh, the Easter Seals of Central and Southeast Ohio is the uh, agency, the public service agency, the community service agency that supports the Ohio Ma Imagination Library. It's the governor's Ohio Ima Imagination yes. Library. And Governor DeWine and his wife, Fran DeWine, are so active in this. Yes. They, just, they just don't lend their name to it, but they actually oh. get out in the field to promote it. Absolutely. We know that Mrs. DeWine has been here and in Benton County doing that. Yes. But anyway, um, the lady, Lisa McCarty of the Easter Seals, and Debbie Canner, who is an Oak Hill area resident and also a wheel for the Ohio Imag Imagination Library, they came to talk to the commissioners about ideas for funding for the next year because their current level of funding to support the High Imagination Library is running out this year. Okay. And so they were basically coming to ask the commissioners, you know, as county leaders, you know, where might we go for, you know, local money? Who might we ask? And, you know, do we have your support to try to get it? Well, the commissioners felt that's wrong picture there, Dylan. The commissioners, um, go back to that. There you go. The commissioners wanted to... Um, not only support what they were doing, but they actually decided to give $20,000 of county money to the Ohio, no way. to the Jackson County Ohio Imagination Library. That is so fund. good. That will be stopgap funding that will allow the Ohio Imagination Library program, the local part of the money anyway, to continue for another year. In the meantime, this will give Easter Seals and the Ohio Imagination Library rep, that is Debbie Canner, a year to look for funding past this year, you know, mm -hmm. local aid, it could be a number of funding sources or whatever. I think that they were given some ideas by the commissioners, but the commissioners giving $20,000. Wow. Thanks guys. Which, which is not something normally you would feel that the commissioners wouldn't do, but they have the money available and they feel it's one of the best investments that they can make in the public and in youth and in the cause of youth literacy. You know, the, the imagination library is such a, it's a, it's just such an amazing, um, deal. And, um, I hope everybody signs up for it, but, um, that's a good one to, um, as far as I'm concerned, that's a good one to jump on board with. Right. Well, in, in Jackson, 58% of the children in that age bracket, and they say it's so important to read at that age, yes. you know, before you're in school or just as you're entering school. Yep. And, you know, it's very important to be read, too, before you're able to read yourself. Uh, I hear that time and time again. But 58% of the kids in Ohio benefit from the High Imagination Library, even more so in the local area. 71% of Jackson County kids are involved in the High Imagination Library, 68% in Benton County. So we're doing real well down Love here. That. So we didn't want that train to stop yep. because of money. Uh, but this is, uh, you know, the High Imagination Library. Uh, if you go back before the state got involved, this was something that the great Dolly Parton yes. started. She's still behind. She's yeah. made local, not local stops, but she's made, she was in Columbus, I believe. Yeah. Uh, not too, not ago. too long ago to support some of the local library people were up there for that. Yeah. Ronald Roger Donaldson got to be in the same room with greatness. Right. He was, he, I was he, very jelly about that. He was there, but the, the <laughs> Dollywood foundation charges Ohio. We'll tell you how this works. Charges Ohio $2 and 20 cents a book for books to the high imagination library jackson county pays a dollar 10 per book so that's half of the cost that's where this local money mm -hmm. from the commissioners will come in to keep that going this had been covered by easter seals and the high imagination library local partner roughly 1407 jackson county children are currently registered with the program totaling 45,725 delivered books to date. So you just don't go to the library and read. You get to take books home. They get, yeah, are, uh, they're, 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 they're yours. Sent, yes, they're sent to you. And yes. so that's very, that's even more valuable than going to some reading event at the library or whatever, because sure. it goes home with you. And so um, $20,000 uh, for uh, the cover the next year. So congratulations to the commissioners. And, uh, 
obviously it was a good idea for Debbie Cantor and Lisa McCarty to go to the commissioners and hey, try to get their help. They got Love more than that. their help. They, they, they got, sure did. They got some of their money. And the, the commissioners uh, felt that uh, Commissioner Donnie Willis was quoted as saying, this has been a very beneficial program in Jackson County, and we want to make sure it stays here. We can't make an investment to carry this on forever, but we'll make the investment now to give the Easter Seals 12 months to keep this afloat and give them time to reach out to other donors. Love that. So that's kind of the idea uh, that the commissioners had on supporting the Ohio Imagination Library and uh, the services in Jackson County. All right. Um, there's a lot of digging going on in Wellston right now. Uh -oh. it, it's good digging. Now, okay. it may be a, a temporary inconvenience because, you know, they're digging along the streets. Uh, it may affect traffic a little bit. Definitely affects the quality of the roads where they have to dig up. But there are sewer line projects, major sewer line projects that are going on in Wellston on Broadway Street and New York Avenue. They talked about this at the last uh, Wellston City Council meeting. And... Um, if you, uh, Dylan, we got a photo there uh, of New York Avenue. No, not, not, not All that. Right, I keep going back to that one. Yeah, on New York, <laughs> on New York Avenue, where they've got. Dylan the, likes that picture. Where they've got the, we'll, we'll get to that. Evidently, the there you go. There you go. That's a shot of New York Avenue Saturday, fairly current. They've, as you can see, they've got the the big sewer pipe laid out there. You can see next to the sewer pipe where you know the street has been uh, excavated there, yes. ready for the pipe to go in. But what they're doing on New York and Broadway Street, those are two of the main uh, streets in Wellston, you know, residential streets as well as uh, major thoroughfares. Um, they are putting in sanitary, new sanitary sewer lines and new storm sewer lines. Okay. Uh, aging sewer lines in both cases. And also, uh, this will help separate and eliminate what is uh, a major problem in aging sewer systems, and that is called infiltration. That is where stormwater gets into the sanitary sewer line system, makes it work harder, makes oh, it more expensive yeah. because you're treating stormwater instead sure. of sanitary water. And this happens everywhere, happens because of hookups that weren't done right or illegally, <laughs> happens because no. of leaks, yeah. you know, and it happens just because of runoff and so forth. So um, the good news is that those projects are moving along. They've been going on for some time uh, and they hope to have... The sanitary, the sanitary and storm sewer work done on both streets uh, this month, and they hope in November to do paving. They're crossing their fingers there because, you know, you can't pave awesome. when it gets too cold. And, you know, people don't want to drive on those uh, dug up streets, the bumps and the gravel and all like that and yep. the uneven surfaces. And so uh, Stacy Camp, the service director for Wellston, told me that they hope to pave in November and they hope the weather will allow that. And, of course... Dependent on that is the sewer work getting done this month, but it seems to be moving along uh, on schedule. And of course, you know, the weather has been favorable mm -hmm. so far. So yes, we will sir. certainly be following that. Uh, we know that's not the most exciting picture in the world or the most exciting thing in the world, but it's so important to Wellston. It's exciting if you get What you don't benefit. see under the ground is so important. Yes. You know, those projects just tend to get put off because they're expensive. Well, they're and, also annoying. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, in the city of Jackson, they've been doing that gas project forever, it seems like. And right. it's just, you know, you yeah, come across a street that's blocked off and, and closed. They, and They may dig in your yard. Yeah, and they dig in your yard, and you're just like, oh. But at the end of the day, it's going to be cool. Yeah, it's... it's, it's I mean, it's going to be a good thing. It, it's progress. I think one of the gas line people told me that, uh, and, you know, it's not steel pipe, it's it's a reinforced plastic pipe, but they say it will last years and years and years. Nothing lasts forever, but it's not something that will have to be replaced in like 10 years or right, 15 years exactly. or whatever. All right. Uh, it's progress. It's, it, it is progress. And that's what the folks in Wilson have to have to remind themselves. And, you know, in yeah. Jackson, there's lots of things going on, too. There's been a big project. Uh, I think two phases are about over and there's going to be a third phase of uh, water line and sewer line work over there in the Mill Street area. Yep. Where, and, and there's some of those houses didn't even have sanitary sewer service. Right. So that's that's a big project over there. But now we're going to go to another one, and I'm, we're going to make a little bit of an appeal on behalf of the United Fund. Okay. The Jackson County United Fund. They had their uh, kickoff event uh, last week. I was in attendance at that. 
and they normally do a breakfast. It's usually the week after the Apple Festival. This time, it was the Tuesday after the Apple Festival, but instead of a breakfast, they had a kickoff picnic at oh, Manpower fun. Park, which was interesting. Uh, and here are some of the board members who volunteer their time for the United Fund. We'll go over their names here in just a minute. So, Dylan, leave that picture up there. We'll get to that in just a minute. But they had a picnic uh, and a Tim Jones uh, grilled the chicken. And boy, was it good. Uh, he is one of the nice. board members as well. But anyway, um, what we want to tell you on the United Fund, this is their, their year does not run January to January. Their organization year, it's kind of. October to October. Okay. And so this was the end of their funding cycle for the last year and their kickoff event for the coming year. They normally try to raise uh, six figures, around $125,000 a year. The last several years, they have not been able to do it for several different reasons. The big C is one thing, yep. COVID. They say, you know, not only did it affect donations that year, of course, because it affected a lot of people's income and whatever. But um, even after COVID, you know, you think we've, you know, we're past that. Donation levels have just not come back to where they well, once were. A lot of people are still still struggling. Yeah, you know, they were they were hurt bad. Another thing, which you know, we won't dwell on too much, but just so you know, another problem they have: a lot of the money the United Fund gets is through. Uh, uh, employee deductions at some of the larger employers. Yes. You know, you mark and say, yeah, I want to do this to the United Fund, and they do a payroll deduction, and it adds up. You know, they right. don't do it a lot of the small businesses or whatever. I guess they could, but they count on, you know, some of the larger employers to do this. Well, some of those, some of those, uh, the way it's set up has changed. Okay. And the larger employers give the employees a chance to do payroll deductions, but they can decide to give to a different charity other than the United Fund. It used to be almost completely the United Fund. Gotcha. Uh, and so they've lost some money that way, it's in addition to the fact of, that there yeah. isn't as much giving. So last year, uh, you know, they had a goal, a stated goal of 125000 They got about 80000 and they worked hard to get that. They got yeah. some individual contributions from charity organizations and lodges and clubs and like that. And individuals to even get to that eighty thousand, mm -hmm. they're shooting through one hundred twenty-five thousand again, and they are appealing to the public um, and employees who work at places where they can payroll deduct to support the United Fund. In case you didn't know, the United Fund supports oh, twenty-three different agencies. Most of them are locally based, but they also yep. provide local services. Uh, I'm going to tell you what they are real quick: the American Red Cross. Salvation Army, Community Assault Prevention Services, the Boy Scouts, the Jackson Food Program, better known as the Food Pantry, the Jackson County Board of Aging, the YMCA, COAD RSVP of the Ohio Valley, the Oak Hill Recreation League, Warriors for Christ, uh, the Jackson City Recreation Department, the Southern Hills Arts Council, the Fuller Center for Housing of Jackson County, which is the new beneficiary after Habitat for Humanity. They do the same thing. JVAC okay. Industries, Lillian Jones Museum, Jackson County 4-H Advisory Council, Truth Sports, Oaks United, Make Wells and Beautiful, My Brother's Place, Jesus in the Hills, the Oak Hill Food Pantry, and Jaffe. Now, are those some good organizations? They're all great and all local organizations helping local people. Right. And, and some of those organizations have counted on the United Fund for some of their mainline funding. So when the United Fund does not bring in as much money, mm -hmm. the checks that the United Fund writes are smaller. Right. They have to make hard decisions during what they call an allocation meeting. They got to decide, you know, who's going to get what, and if they have to do cuts, and they did overall, how much to cut. Do they eliminate an agency or two? What if there's an agency comes along that's new that is deserving? Can they add them in there? Mm -hmm. A twenty fourth or twenty fifth agency? Those are tough decisions. So that board, if you could put that picture back up there, uh, because these people need the recognition. Not all the United Fund board members were there, but there are 15 members on the United Fund board, five each from the Jackson, Wellston, and Oak Hill area. So it's geographically okay. distributed equally. These people uh, serve as volunteers, officers, and members. Yes. A number of years ago, I don't even know how long it uh, had been, and this is a little distinction that most people may be not caught up on, Jackson, the Jackson County group went away from the United Way and became the United Fund of Jackson County. Mm -hmm. The reason being, 
if you're part of the United Way, which is a national organization, you have to send some money to support the United Way because, you know, Correct. they do promotion. out of town. Right. And, you know, you have that brand, you know, as a justifier for people to feel good about donation. But they felt like it was enough that they would be better off to be a standalone local group. Every cent, every cent that they collect, mm -hmm. except for maybe some expenses that they may have, goes right back to these 23 different agencies. That's exactly right. Right. And those folks, by the way, are there in the front row uh, are Joyce McClurg, Marsha Lewis, and Becky Hughes. Becky is the longtime secretary. In the back row, the gentlemen from the left are Joe Wyant, John Pelletier, Tim Jones, Brian Moore, Patrick Ball, Dean Clark, and Clayton Jones. And uh, a couple of the board members uh, who were uh, not there, uh, Betsy Fain, Debbie Cantor, and Bob Teichman. So uh, those are folks that uh, give a lot behind the scenes. You don't hear much about them except when, you know, there's a kickoff event. Mm -hmm. But this is something that, you know, goes on all year. You can donate, you know, throughout the year. But obviously the big push is right at the beginning. So uh, we'll have a pretty big story uh, in our Wednesday paper about the United Fund kickoff, the need for money and uh how much, uh, how much it's needed. Mm -hmm. And all those local agencies, some of them said that they probably wouldn't be able to be there if it wouldn't have been for the United Fund money in the yeah. past. It's a, it's a, they, it's they a really do, good thing. They do count on, they do count on donations. All right. Uh, another feel good story that we want to tell you about that we hope to have in our Wednesday paper. Uh, I say hope because we haven't made all those plans yet. We need to see how much space we have, but this story will be coming soon. Uh, the Wellston Rotary Club is 100 years old. Did you know that? No. How fun. Uh, I, I tell you what, it goes all the way back to 1923, obviously. Wow. And uh, they had every right to have a party, and they did. I think so. It was on September the 16th, the evening of September the 16th. And uh, it was in the form of a catered dinner. Uh, they, had, uh, they dressed up in 20s attire. They were uh, invited to do that, and they did. Cool. And uh, they had some rotary bigwigs in to uh, celebrate the occasion, and that included uh, David Ull, who is the Rotary District Governor, 6690. That represents many counties in southern Ohio and central Ohio. Also, the past present district governor was there, and Tom Downard, who is a member of the Wellston Rotary Club and a past president, uh, he is the one of the assistant district governors. Okay, these three folks right there on the left is Tom Downard, who was so active in the Wellston Rotary Club and also an assistant district governor. There in the flapper outfit is the president of the club, Dana Lockard. And on the right is David Uhl. That's U-H-L. He is the Rotary District Governor. He presented a certificate to Dana and to the Wellston Rotary Club honoring their yeah. 100 years of service. Um, the Wellston Rotary Club, there is a close-up of Dana with David Uhl as well. Uh, we hope to have this story, like I say, in one of the one of the papers this week, perhaps even the Wednesday paper. We've got some pictures and some coverage, but I want to tell you what the Wellston Rotary Club does. Um, like a lot of the service clubs, uh, you know, they were hit hard by COVID, lost some members there sure. when they weren't able to meet. Absolutely, but they're back on their feet, and for a relatively small group, uh, they do a lot. They they that didn't that didn't uh, you know that didn't result in them pulling back on their service to the community. But they support the youth in the schools with an elementary literacy project, which supplies take-home books to pre-K through second grade students in the Wellston City Schools. Sounds a lot like what the Imagination Library yes. does. Um, they also do multiple scholarships to Wellston High School graduates every year. They do a pancake dinner that supports the senior citizens. That is coming up later this fall. This Friday, they're going to do a bean and chili dinner from the parking lot of the old Gold Line Pub, sports pub. Mm -hmm. And that money is going to support Rotary International's Polio Plus. That's the Rotary International project aimed at eradicating polio in the world. And I didn't know whether you know this. There's very little polio left in the world. And it's a lot of it has to do with the Rotary. With the Rotary and sure. what they've done. Yes. So um, that's what the proceeds from the dinner this Friday will go for. They also do the Field of Heroes on Memorial Day weekend. That has turned into what, a wonderful project. What, what a, a cool thing. patriotic display. It's a fundraiser, yeah. but it also honors military heroes, community heroes, because the money comes in because 
the donor, the sponsor, supports a flag in the honor of that yeah, particular hero. so cool. Last year, they had more than 200 flags. I, it just blew my mind away yeah. that it's been that popular. Dorothy Riepenhoff is kind of the person that made that happen. Uh, so the Wilson Rotary Club meets the first and third Wednesday of each month at the Grace Baptist Fellowship on New York Avenue in Wilson. They invite new members, of mm -hmm. course, and they invite you to support their events because their events and their club supports the community. Of course, they also do the Wellston Rotary show. That's in the right. Spring. The next show will be the 70th one. It is their signature event, and they will definitely be doing that again. That's, that's awesome. All right. Um, I think also, since we toasted the Wellston Rotary Club, we ought to toast the kids in the Jackson City Schools who got perfect scores on the state test last year. They were honored. They were honored. You Would that have been you, you Pete, uh, in no, school? Oh, no. My <laughs> Me good, my, my, my goodness. No. I thought I did all right, but I wasn't perfect. But uh, Dylan, if you could tee those up, these are the perfect, these are the kids who got perfect scores on the state test uh, in the Jackson City Schools at the elementary, uh, at the junior high, or the middle school and the high school uh, uh, level. This one gentleman here, is in the middle and that you're looking at the picture now that is that is hunter hall he is actually uh westview elementary he is one who was not honored at a past meeting when other elementary schools are so they wanted to okay. come back and honor him and he is uh, pictured there with teacher jody fell on the left and on the right is aj graham he's a jackson high school senior he is the student liaison the student representative yeah. to the board a great honor and Super he's doing cool. a great job doing that he's also a captain of the football team but uh, congratulations to Hunter Hall, who had a perfect score on the ELA state test last year. That's English language arts. Okay, we also have uh, the Jackson High School and Middle School group. Let's see, this would be the middle school group um, who achieved perfect scores. From the left, you have um, Maya Adams, who uh, was perfect in seventh grade math. Then you have Jackson Middle School teacher Kim Riggle who was the teacher of some of these students. Then Mason Shepard, who scored in seventh grade math, perfect score. Then you have board member Brian, Dr. Brian Morris behind. You have Diggin Evans, who was perfect uh, in eighth grade science. Then you have board of education member Kim Harless. And on the far right, that's Jace Deddy, who was perfect in sixth grade math. I My hat awesome. is off to all these kids, but especially those kids who did it in oh math. Gosh, talk, talk, yes. about a, talk about a, a poor struggling kid in math. That was me. Yeah. You know, arithmetic was okay, but when we went to, you know, the letters A plus B equals C plus D. When they add those letters in there, it gets real uh, confusing. Yeah, in parentheses yeah, I, I, and all that. Yeah, I had trouble seeing the practicality of it. and uh, But anyway, that doesn't matter. I no feel excuse. you, brother. All right. And then the high school group is next. And there they are from the left. Uh, you have teacher Adam Jones. Then you have Marcus Noggle, who had perfect uh, perfect test scores uh, in American history. Then you have A.J. Graham, the student representative, who I believe is a uh, potential valedictorian for the high school. Nice. I don't want to jinx him, but he's in line That's for right. it. Uh, then you have uh, Isaiah Stewart, who also was perfect in American history. And then you have Board of Education member uh, Pat McDonald uh, as well. Not pictured is Ryan Lefevre who was perfect in geometry. And oh, he, please. Yeah, geometry. He had, <laughs> no. He had, a, he had a soccer match that night, so uh, he wasn't able uh, to be there. And I left off Emma Webb. I'm sorry. She's right in the middle in the yep. white. She scored perfectly in American history. Then Isaiah Stewart and then Pat McDonald on the far right. He is a board member. So congratulations to those students. Their pictures wow. were in the paper, by the Good way, for you last all. Saturday. Congratulations to them. Okay, uh, uh, as long as we're uh, kind of saluting good things going on in the schools, I want to tell you about a uh, I want to tell you about a activity at the Wellston Intermediate School that is so cool. Uh, it is called PBIS for short, and that stands for Positive Behavioral Interventions and Supports. Okay, so you understand why they go by PBIS. I do. Yes, but what they do is they have a store there. And if you show positive <laughs> behavior, you get Rocket Pride points that allow you to shop for things free at the store. Oh, how fun. And, you know, it's like a currency. Yeah. And you get, you get those Rocket Pride uh, points by your behavior. And you have to be a really good 
good kid. And That's this is awesome. the store that is taking place there, right there. This is at the Wilson Intermediate School. That is where uh, Michelle Lanning is the principal. And uh, it is a colorful, inviting space stocked with a variety of awards for students who exhibit exceptional behavior and embody the school's core values of respect, responsibility, and right choices. So, you know, kids are supposed to act right. Parents try to tell them to act right. You know, the teachers and the school personnel help. But it really helps if you reinforce that with a reward. Yes. And there it is right there. That's one of the students looking over some of the things in that big store right there. This was a story that we had in uh, a mm -hmm. recent paper. And you'll notice some articles that are going to be ongoing in our paper that come from the Wilson City School. Superintendent Dr. Brian Rao uh, kind of set this up and the building level principals or somebody at those buildings are submitting articles. But every month they're going to have an article about different activities and progress that are being made at each of those schools. It's kind of behind the scenes thing that isn't, wouldn't normally be a headline, but it's a good thing that's going on. Brian Rao wants you to know there are good things going on in the Wellston City Schools. Yes. And the articles that I've been submitted to so far, we've run a couple of them, have been very well done and it makes you really appreciate what is going on in the schools in an attempt to, uh, you know, help the kids academically uh, as well as extra, extracurricularly and with their behavior as well. It's really hands-on. All right. Okay. That picture, Dylan, that you put up a couple times, you can put it up there now. <laughs> He's like, I can't find it you now. You know the one I mean. There it is. Okay. That, that picture. That gentleman right there is the acting EMS director in Benton County. His name is Jeff Woodrum. And he was at the uh, last week's Vinton County Commissioner's meeting for something good. Okay. He was there because uh, the commissioners were uh, announcing, recognizing that two new ambulances have been purchased. One of them came as a result of a grant. Another one was funded by the county itself. Um, but the commissioners want to emphasize that they consider it very important to keep the fleet of EMS ambulances for uh, Vinton County absolutely. EMS in, in good shape. And so um, uh, they acknowledge that, but they also talked about the upcoming move. It's going to take some time for it to happen. But remember, the county got, Vinton County the Development Department got a $500,000 grant that will fund, in large part at least, the move of the current, uh, of the Vinton County MS from its current location on State Route 93 North to the former County Highway Garage on Walnut Street in MacArthur. It will be a major upgrade in location. It's a better place for the ambulances to get out on the road. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, they don't have to drive through a couple parking lots. They don't have to look both ways to get out on 93 uh, there north of MacArthur where the traffic can be busy. Uh, it's a bigger place. They'll have more room to park ambulances inside. Uh, they'll have plenty of room to create sleeping quarters and like that because remember EMS people are on long shifts and they sleep there. Um, They'll have to do some conversion work to make offices and so forth. But when they're done, it will be a much improvement uh, upon what Benton County EMS has now. Where they are now, it's not a perfect location. It's a little bit too small. And the ambulances, some of the ambulances have to be parked outside. Yes. With the other building That's being never a good. former highway garage, you obviously have a lot of garage space. Yes. So that will be a positive thing. All right. Um, a couple of other things to talk about as we go through the list. I want to tell you about a couple of highway projects uh, in Jackson County. Work is set to begin today on a series of culvert replacements on State Route 39. And this will be State Route 39, a pretty long stretch, State Route 32, all the way down to State Route 279. Culvert replacements will take place not all at the same time, but they'll be working their way up and down the highway. So where they're doing a culvert replacement, the road will be closed. You're not going to be able to get through. Oh. It will be from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. in this area is where they're working. Um, the road will be open outside of those work hours. So, you know, if you are you know, going back and forth and you can manage your time a little bit differently, mm -hmm. you might want to do that. Or if you're making an errand to town or away from town to home or whatever, um, 8 to 5, you can expect that road to be closed for culvert replacement work. You'll okay. have to either go around or, or find a, a workaround there, a, a, a drive around. Work is estimated to be completed by the end of the month. All right. Also, uh, as a lot of people know, a lot of people travel U.S. Route 35. Uh, 
resurfacing work is continuing on U.S. Route 35 between Ross, the Ross County line and Kane Road. That's Kane Road mm -hmm. is where the roadside rest is. Yes. At least one lane of traffic, though, will be maintained. It won't be closed. But, you know, it'll slow things down a little bit, and you have to be careful when you go through those construction areas. Mm -hmm. There's also some construction taking place on 35 uh, just outside of Chillicothe near Route 50. That's in Ross County. But people who are driving that way from Jackson County will run into that situation as well. All right, in Vinton County, uh, there's a new project too. A resurfacing project is taking place on U.S. Route 50 between State Route 683 and State Route 278. That has been going on for some time. They do expect it to maybe be completed by sometime next week. Their official oh. completion date is October 12th. That's but always good is, to hear. <laughs> this has affected a lot of people in Vinton County because MacArthur's kind of right in the middle on 50, but to the west and to the east, resurfacing has taken place. I'm sure that most of it's done. I don't know what section they're still working on or it's kind of scattered, but officially that program or that project will be going on for at least one more week. That does include the work they're doing in front of Vinton County High School and Middle School uh, getting a crosswalk yeah. with signals for, uh, you know, walk and don't walk situation. That's right. So the kids and everybody else can cross from the schools to the other side of the street where there's some commercial developments yeah. like McDonald's and RNC Quick Stop, et cetera. Keep an eye out for that. Right. And the other project that's taking place in Denton County, this is a new one. It will supposed to start Wednesday and Thursday this week. That's October 11th and 12th. Uh, well, that's next week, isn't it? October 11th and 12th next yes. week. Uh, it's a culvert replacement project on State Route 124 between Minerton Road, which is County Road 26 and Township Road 25. That road will be closed from 7.30 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. on those days. Once again, the dates that that's supposed to take place, October 11th and 12th next week. So be prepared for that. If you use that road, you live on that road. All right. Also want to remind you, that a main county road in Benton County is closed until December 1st because of a repair project. This is a county project. This is Union Ridge Road. It's also called County Road 6. It will be closed. It, they closed last week through a landslide repair project uh, two, two and a half miles north of the intersection of County Road 6 and County Road 45, which is Vales Mills Road. That section of Union Ridge Road is closed. You can't go through. Uh, local traffic will be maintained north and south of the project site, but where they're doing the work, you know, it's not one lane. You can't get through. You have to detour, and that is expected to take place, that work, until December 1st. So that is a big one uh, that affects uh, traffic on Union Ridge Road in Benton County. All right. Last Saturday, um, Red Thompson Jr. was down at Davis Stadium for the Big Oak Hill Band Show. Uh, oh, yeah. Eight bands down there for the 18th annual Oak Hill right. Band Show. And we'll have a story with pictures on that. But Red Thompson hustled us up some pictures from there mm -hmm. uh, because we had some local bands um, uh, involved. That is the Jackson High School Band, which you might guess, at Davis Stadium performing. Uh, but also uh, we had the uh, Oak Hill Band, uh, the host band, and we had the Vinton County Band as well. There they are coming on. That's what they call uh, uh, the parade of bands where they all come on the track at the beginning and then they each do individual shows uh, for however long that takes. But a big crowd, it's a good fundraiser for the band program. And these band shows put, the band is not the sideshow or the halftime show for these things. And so right. uh, very important. And you know, the bands missed, so cool. the Oak Hill bands missed a couple of public performances because of the football situation. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure this was nice for them. Bryce Wurntz, the veteran director there at Oak Hill Bands, does a great, great job. And uh, Ryan Hurd had the Jackson Marching Ironmen there, and Sam Kugel, director at Vinton County, had the Marching Vikings there. We'll have pictures and story coming up as well. All right, we want to tip our hat uh, to a gentleman who passed away last week, and he does in, 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 he does deserve some recognition Clyde McCoy Jr., age 100. Hmm. There he is right there with a plaque that he was given. He was one of our county's last World War II veterans. I don't wow. know how many we have left. I don't know whether he was. Not very many. That, he may be the last one, but uh, 100 years old. Hmm. He passed away on Thursday, September 21st. He had his uh, you know, the funeral services and all that, all that last week. 
He was a proud World War II Navy veteran, a member of the American Legion for 70 years, and he was a world traveler, an accomplished woodworker and carpenter who loved making uh, gifts for his family by hand. Also, uh, he retired from the DT&I Railroad some time ago. So uh, um, we want to tip our hat to Clyde McCoy and right. his family. I remember from going to different veterans events, Clyde McCoy Jr. would often attend those. Mm -hmm. He was proud of his veteran status, and he liked to go to the Memorial Day and Veteran Day ceremonies. Sure. And he was doing that as recently as a couple years ago. Wow. Once again, age 100. Unbelievable. That's it so is. cool. Great. We want to tell you about some things that are coming up this week that are worthy of your attention. The Hope, Uni the Hope Methodist Church in Wellston is no longer the Hope United Methodist. It's the Hope Methodist. They do a free community dinner and lunch twice a month in Wellston at okay. their church. Anyone can come. It's just not for church people. It's not for the poor and the homeless. It's for everybody. But it's a free meal. You can eat in or uh, you can even get delivery service, I think, close to Wellston. But this week, it's the dinner one that they're having. It will be from 5 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. How's this sound? Lasagna, salad, dessert, bread, and beverage. Pick up your delivery service. And <laughs> the cost, a big zero. Oh, wow. The church is located at the corner of First Street and New York Avenue. They consider this an outreach and a service project, uh, you know, just a gift to the community. Mm -hmm. So it's a great thing they do. They do it twice a month. That they is do a really dinner nice. on one Wednesday, and then the other Wednesday, I think they do first and third. It is a lunch. Okay. So they hit both times, and the menus vary. Uh, home cooked food each time. Interesting program that Roger Donaldson has set up at the library <laughs> on Wednesday he evening. He always has some. He's fun got stuff. something going on, boy. He has a good one. Six p.m. They're going to uh, host author James A. Willis, who is going to do a presentation on Ohio's historic haunts. Appropriate cool, as we fun, move into October. Yeah. He wrote a book called Ohio Historic Haunts, Investigating the Paranormal in the Buckeye State. Love it. Come listen to what happened when he got to spend the night in over 20 of Ohio's historic and haunted buildings. <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool? That's just like the guy on TV. The guy's yeah. on TV. And he's, he's going to be at the library in Jackson. That's awesome. at 21 Broadway Street. Of course, these events are all free at the library. Yes. But that sounds like that would be very, very interesting. You know, maybe we'll talk about this a little bit later on if the news gets slow in uh, October. But I had a book sent to me about Ohio's haunted cemeteries. Okay. There's about 25 of them that the author picked out. And two of them are in Southern Ohio. One is in Ironton and one is in Marietta. Wow. So we'll, we'll tell you why they're considered to be haunted. Okay. Very interesting stories. And I'll tell you what, after I read those chapters, I'm not walking in the cemetery at <laughs> night. That's, I'll just tell you that much. <laughs> no way. All right. Big event downtown on Thursday. It's going to be the Jackson yes. Sidewalk Market. Yep. You know, that's been so popular. I'm just blown away by the participation uh, for these last two months when they kicked Absolutely. that back up. But it's so going to be cool. a trunk or treat style yes. sidewalk market. Uh, the Chamber of Commerce will be involved, uh, many downtown businesses as well. Uh, but it will be uh, on Thursday, October the 5th. I think the Chamber will be doing some trunk or treat themselves. And I think other businesses will be doing some version of that. Um, Six Sense Brewing and Tap Room and the Spot on Main, the Robinson S Cafe, Tea Room and Michael's Ice Cream will all be participating in the event. So yeah. what are you going to be doing? Um, well, so instead of doing... We're just doing it a little bit different this year so people can come into the brick-and-mortar store instead of setting up the trunk, you know, mm -hmm. like we did in the past. So just come on in. We'll have candy and some fun stuff for everybody. So. It's, it's like trick-or-treat three weeks early, right? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, so have, it's like double duty. I have a, I have a feeling there's going to be a few people downtown. I think what you're think? exactly right on that. All right. We told you about yeah, this. Be we'll, fun. we'll remind you about this. Uh, on uh, Friday, the Rotary Club in Wellston will be doing their bean and chili dinner. Uh, Friday from 5 to 7 p.m. It will be in the parking lot of the former Goal Line Sports Pub. Remember okay. the Goal Line Sports Pub moved downtown to the former Janetta's building. Yes. So I think they didn't say this. They didn't promote this angle. But I'm pretty sure that there is a football game that night at Wellston High School, and that's mm, right across the street. That would make so sense. So a strategic location there. Yes. But the meal will include your choice of navy beans or chili, pick, take your pick, soda, water, and crackers. 
and there's not even a set price. They would like you to make a donation of $5, yep. but that's a suggested donation. The proceeds will benefit Wilson High School scholarships and community projects. However, I was told by Dana Lockard that they've decided to designate the money for Rotary International and Polio Plus. Love that. All right. So it's going to go through a good cause, however yeah, they, they use the money. I tell you, another big event that has been so popular, I think this thing's been going on, what, maybe 10 years now, the Haunted Barn Friday at the Fairgrounds out oh, at man. the Jackson County Fairgrounds. It starts this Saturday, <laughs> and it will run this a Saturday. This thing gets crazy big. Through October. I mean, it is so popular. I've yes. been there at different years, and, and they do a great job. It's going to be 8 a.m., or I'm sorry, 8 p.m. to 11 p.m., uh, on Saturdays in October, beginning this Saturday at the fairgrounds, admission is $15. All proceeds will go directly <laughs> towards funding 4-H and FA, FFA programs and fairground improvements. You can check out the Fright at the Fairgrounds <laughs> Haunted Barn Facebook page for more information. Exactly. But they it, work really, really hard on that, but it is a lot of fun. Uh, I, the, I tell you what, you know, I know that the, those, <laughs> those type of activities and attractions are popular everywhere. Are you a the, haunted house person? I, I, I've gone to a few of them. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not a groupie that, you know, looks for them all over the state and tries to hit them, but I do enjoy doing them. Dylan? Uh, not really. <laughs> <laughs> well, I told my story about being chased with a chainsaw as a young child, and I've never gotten over that. Didn't know that they didn't have a chain on it. I didn't know that was a thing. Okay. <laughs> the the chainsaw, right? Did you get scared by that? Well, yeah, someone chased me with a chainsaw when I was a little girl, but they didn't have a chain on it, but I didn't understand that it wasn't going to cut my leg off, and they were, like, chasing me with it. I've been scarred for life ever since. <laughs> have you seen the movie, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre? I have. That's one of the ones I haven't seen, but that is always in the top five for scariest movies on the on the list. Yes. By the way, the um, oh, this is a nice promotion for Tri-City Theater, by the way. The movie that most experts vote, the, the scariest movie of all time is The Exorcist. Uh, so yeah. So I, I, I would say that's right up there. Yeah. The Exorcist. But, of course, there's a spinoff of The Exorcist that's now on at Tri-City and yes. I'm sure at many other theaters around. And, and Ellen Burstyn is actually in that, who played Chris O'Neill yeah. in the original Exorcist back in 1973. So, wow. Oof. By the way, I looked it up. She's 90 years old now. Oh, really? Right. Wow. But anyway, she Super is brought neat. in apparently to advise a family who is suffering through a possession just like her own daughter, Linda Blair, played by actress Linda Blair back in 1973. Yeah, freaky, freaky movie. But you know what I thought was just as scary, if not more scary, than The Exorcist, as bad as The Exorcist was. The Exorcist was scary because you can relate to dem dem demonic possession yeah. and the devil. Yeah. You know. Halloween, the original Halloween. Dude, I know. And it's so funny if you look back at that movie and I actually watch it. They're so <laughs> cheesy. But, like, they were terrifying. Well, it, it that, was like then Friday it, the Thirteenth. Like, I, I know it could be categorized as a slasher, but it was deeper than that. I thought. Oh, just the music, the, the music, the, the music, and and just the the guy just standing there staring with his creepy mask on. The, that, the, yeah, the supernatural part <gasps> of that because he seemed to have superhuman yeah. strength or whatever. Yeah, Michael Myers. <laughs> <laughs> All I'll right. pass, thanks. Okay, well, we'll segue right into the Vinton County Fairgrounds Oktoberfest. <laughs> uh, it will be this Friday, October 6th. It's the fifth annual one, and it will go actually all weekend through Saturday and Sunday. Uh, it's a camping event uh, if you want to do it that way. Camping is available through all weekend. Uh, they will have, um, on Saturday, they'll have a Jeep poker run. They'll have a tailgate party, a chili cook-off, a chili contest and trick-or-treat for children, all that on Saturday. On Sunday, we'll have a craft and vendor fair. Uh, so, And all proceeds of that event will benefit improvements at the fairgrounds. So they're doing Oktoberfest there, the fair board, and in Jackson County, they're doing the Haunted Barn. Yes. So and when you uh, go to these events and you support them, um, you participate in the paid events, it is going to a good cause. Yes, absolutely. Uh, all right. Um, we also want to... We also want to tell you, coming up here on the sports side, we want to tell you about that. We want to remind you that there's still time to sign up to take part in Feed My Starving Children at the yes. Christ United Methodist, at the Christ Church of Jackson. 
uh, the Family Life Center. That's going to be the weekend of October 20th and 21st. That's where they hope to get up to 500 volunteers. That's how many they need to do that assembly line of packing food for uh, these children that are starving all over the world. Yes. And, you know, we, we had those statistics that just scare you to it's death. Unbelievable. I mean, you know, you know, you accept that they're world hunger, but many people just don't understand that kids are dying because of it. Absolutely. It's just not that they, they're hungry, they're dying like, we're because of malnutrition. So spoiled here in this country. Right. And this is something that we can do that's very simple to donate our time. So, you know, you can go, you can call the Christchurch at 286-3419. You can go on the Facebook, the Feed My Starving Children Facebook, get the local link, and there's a way you can register online. Mm -hmm. And you're talking about it can be just you, it can be a group of your friends, it can be a school group, club group, whatever. Mm -hmm. So you want to, we, we urge you to, to participate in that. Okay, on the sports side now, we have a little bit of time to cover that. Uh, we have two football teams that are really hot. Yeah. The Jackson Ironmen, we thought would be a, have a tough game at Miami Trace. Well, they Not won 40, so much. 42 to 13. <laughs> Holy moly. Yeah, six and one. They've won uh, four games in a row, undefeated in the FAC. That's the Frontier Athletic Conference. And, you know, we thought that Washington Courthouse two weeks ago might be the best team we play in yeah. the league. Then we thought, it might be Miami Trace. Well, now it might be Hillsborough. That's who we play this Friday okay. at Hillsborough. We're on the road again. <laughs> Hillsborough is undefeated in the conference. They were supposed to be about a middle-of-the-road team, but looks like they're better than that. Okay. So Jackson had better watch out. Uh, they'll make the trip over there. If they win that game, they will be alone in first place in the FAC. If Hillsborough wins, they will be alone in nice. first place in the FAC. Uh, the Benton County Vikings, they're 6-1. and one. They've won six games in a row. They defeated Soda Northwest on Friday, 33 to nothing. Wow. They are just rolling up some big scores. Yeah. Coach T.J. Carper doing a great job. They are tied for first in, in the Tri-Valley Conference's Ohio Division. They play River Valley at home this weekend. River Valley's not won a game, so Benton County's a big favorite. If they take care of business Friday, the next Friday, they go to Nelsonville, York, Defending champions, both of those teams right now are unbeaten in the league, and that will be the big showdown oh game. Oh, my. Not this week, but next week. But got to play this week first. Yes. All right, you know what happens when you overlook somebody. That's 100% all the time. Speaking of the Nelsonville York Buckeyes, they're a pretty good team. They beat Wellston uh, last Friday. The Rockets lost 46-12. to The Rockets had won a couple games in a row, and they're still you know, doing very well this year with a record of three and four. Yep. Unfortunately, the Oak Hill Oaks weren't able to play That's last right. Friday against Wheelersburg uh, because of their injury situation and not having enough healthy players they feel to play the game. Of course, this was a big discussion at the last Oak Hill School Board meeting. That, yes. that uh, story covered very well in our paper uh, front page uh, story last Saturday. As far as we know, the Oaks game this Friday is still on. It will be at Lucasville Valley. All right, and of course, all the football games uh, are broadcast on the radio station and can be heard, uh, you know, on our app as well and on the internet. That's right. All right, uh, we we want to uh, also tell you. I don't have it with me, but I'll, I'll go from my memory. Uh, the Jackson girls soccer team mm -hmm. is doing very well. They are in first place in the Frontier Athletic Conference. Good job, ladies. Right. And they, uh, I believe we have a picture there of a soccer player there, Dylan, if you can put it up there. There she is. I wanted to put this up there because, uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, we talk about the football and we, we don't say so much about the other fall sports. Yeah. And there's a ton of them. That's Sydney Fain, uh, who is the daughter, by the way, of Seth Fain, who takes so many great pictures yeah. for Jackson High School. And he allows us to use some of these pictures. But... Sydney is one of the senior members of a team uh, coached by uh, Karina Folks, who, yes. of course, we know very well, which yep. used to be our GM here. Uh, she is the head coach first year, and she has her lady, her Iron Ladies, in first place in the FAC. Sweet. They beat Chillicothe last week, who usually rules the roost in the FAC. And Jackson will play uh, 5 p.m. this Tuesday. It will be senior night. If they beat Miami Trace... They will be the FAC undisputed champions. They've already copped a share of the title. Okay. Now, if they would lose to Miami Trace and Chillicothe would win their game, Jackson would be tied with uh, Chillicothe, and they would have to go 
uh, or, or, or Chillicothe would be within one game of them, and then if Jackson would go to Chillicothe next later in the week and lose, they would have to share the title. With gotcha. They don't want to share. No, they want to be we don't want to share. The undefeated uh, champions. The Jackson boys will play Miami Trace in the second game of the doubleheader. That's up at Alumni Stadium on Tuesday. So good luck to the Jackson Iron Ladies, who right now are, in, yeah. are in first place. So Super there cool. you go, Jennifer. All right. Well, is that all you got? That's all I got. <laughs> well, Pete, thank you so much um, for filling us in on all of the great things going on. And um, we greatly appreciate you spending your mornings with us, as you do, right. a couple times a week. Mm -hmm. And uh, Dylan, thank you for pushing all the right buttons. We You're appreciate welcome. that. <laughs> yeah, we hey, we throw a lot of pictures at him over there. We do. Right. He, he, Sometimes he right. likes one and, more and than remember, others. Remember, he's seen some of he's seen all of them for the first time, so he's got to sort that out. He does as, as he we does. go on the fly. We don't have a dress rehearsal; we just go with we it. We just go with it. Right. Hey, Dylan, would you throw up that weather real quick, just so we can see what the what the future holds for um, the week, and uh, that way everybody can kind of see. Uh, so, looking like mid eighties through what Wednesday, Thursday. Um, and then Friday, Saturday, cooler temperatures, a little bit of chance of rain uh, in the forecast. Maybe a little bit more seasonable than it, than it is the beginning of the week. But we'll take mid-80s all the beginning of the week in October. Right. And I believe, you know, once we get deeper into the winter, we would be happy to have 60s and rain. That, I mean, I'm cool with 60, too. Like, I don't care. Right. <laughs> so, all right. Well, have a wonderful day, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we'll be right back here tomorrow with some special guests. Bye-bye. This just in. The Telegram News has a new website. TheTelegramNews.com. Same dedicated coverage. Same trustworthy news with a brand new look. Covering Jackson and Benton County and surrounding areas. Locally owned and operated, TheTelegramNews.com has its finger on the pulse of the community. Stay up to date on local events, high school sports, and breaking news. TheTelegramNews.com. Subscribe today at TheTelegramNews.com. Check it out.